Hey there, and good morning, everybody. Some of you that were with me yesterday might remember that I said I was coming back from an illness and I would try to take it easy yesterday. Some of you who were with me yesterday might also note that this will be my fourth stream in about 25 hours. So I'm not very good at that. That short about whether or not I'm uh, addicted to work is becoming more and more ironic and humorous as we go. But welcome to Hangouts and Headlines, December 20th, 2022. I'm very happy to have you all here. We've got a number of articles to look through on what is a fairly frequent visitor to uh, virtual legality and the Hoglaw YouTube channel, which is Epic Games, the makers of Fortnite, and of course, the Federal Trade Commission. So the Federal Trade Commission, if you didn't see, you probably did because you looked at the thumbnail uh, before I started this video, uh, has imposed one of the largest fines it has ever imposed on a company against Epic Games. And we're going to talk about it a little bit because some of it makes sense. Some of it's a little harsh, even for Epic, which if you've been in this space for a while, you know I have clashed with to some extent. Uh, so we will uh, we will talk about it. Yes, Abigail, you missed two streams. So after I finished up the Elon Musk stream yesterday morning, uh, the news broke that uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard had settled. Uh, and that was something that I felt I needed to cover pretty much immediately. So I think it was probably an hour after that stream ended, when I added a second special edition stream, we talked about that settlement. We talked about the statements that were made. Uh, Ian joined us, Alita joined us. Uh, and so we had another couple of hours, I think, on that stream. Very, very shortly after the stream yesterday morning ended. Um, and then after that, uh, you know, Ian had joined. Ian wanted to cover that himself. Uh, and he said he was going to do a video at about uh, 8 p.m. Eastern last night. And I said, okay, great. Well, you know, you you came in, you jumped on for me, I'll jump on for you. Uh, and I popped on to that stream, and that one actually went for three plus hours uh, because uh, Rob and Emily Baker also joined. And so we got into our usual shenanigans. Uh, but it does mean that I was streaming, I think, something like less than eight hours ago uh, before I started this morning stream. And uh, I will I will be doing the NPR thing again today. Uh, because I streamed way too much, and I also did law in between those various streams. Uh, but I think we can have some fun. So, yeah, as Cheryl says here, Runkle's stream had me laughing out loud. Thank you for sticking through nearly to the end, Hogue. It was a blast. What was funny is I made it as long as I could, and then I was like, I'm going to have to go sleep because I have hangouts at 7.30, and you all don't. Um, but I think they I think they broke up a, a few minutes after that because I, I started to get the the messages in my chat about that particular video stream from from the other participants uh and uh yeah it was it was a lot of fun it went off the rails as it always does uh with that particular group uh but yeah i had not intended to stream for like six or seven hours yesterday uh, but i'm a bad manager of my my streaming time uh so <laughs> uh so we're gonna have fun today i think we've got a lot of good uh a lot of good things to talk about We've talked about an aggressive FTC. They're very aggressive on this. This is a settlement, so this isn't a lawsuit. Epic has actually already agreed to this, uh, but uh, it is one of the biggest things the FTC has done. Before we get there, though, before we get there, though, uh, what is going on with you all? How are your hangouts? Presumably you guys didn't stream, all of you didn't stream, for six or seven hours yesterday, uh, but I'd love to hear how you're doing. We've got a massive weather event we're being warned about. On here in Michigan, Friday and Saturday, I know it's scheduled to hit other places 
in the United States uh, throughout the week. Are you buckling up for that? Are you stocking up for that? How are your feelings this week before Christmas if you celebrate? Uh, let me know. I'd love to hear from all of you because honestly, that's part of the fun. That's that's in the title for Hangouts and Headlines. Uh, Secret McSquirrel said, I stuck with you. I left when you did too, LOL. Well, Secret McSquirrel, you're here at the 730th stream. So uh, you, you had the same goals as I did. I really appreciate it, Secret McSquirrel. Uh, and I, it was a fun stream. It was a it was a really fun stream. Emily was out of her mind, uh, and so it was it was very amusing. Uh, but I'm glad I'm glad you got out when you did, because I, I can't imagine having one minute less of of rest. And uh, you know I didn't just fall off the stream and, and right into bed. So it, it took a minute. Uh, Sardinisms member for six months. Thank you so much, Sardinisms. Uh, said the Copa. Copacabana on children you cashed in so we must take action at the Copa Copacabana I like it sardinisms I like it yeah I, I think my title is as pun filled as it used to be at the start of virtual legality I love puns uh, and I love making ridiculous headlines uh, so yeah epic fail and and Copa Cabana is really how you how you'd pronounce that in in legalese but it doesn't work for the for the song making uh, was just too too easy there uh, and for those of you that have really been here for a long time, Kappa, the original uh, kind of look at it as it applied to YouTube, was one of my first popular series on this channel. Um, and that uh, that was a series of videos where I helped try to explain how Kappa worked. We'll be doing the short version today. Uh, and whether or not it should apply to what content creators like myself and my colleagues, uh, etc., should have to worry about vis-a-vis -vis how the website operates. Because as you might know, we don't control how YouTube decides to collect data, what it does with these channels. Um, and so when there was a fight essentially between the FTC and YouTube and a settlement suggesting that the, the channel creators were somehow responsible for the operation of YouTube, uh, I had a few things to say. I did a few videos on this. Uh, and this is how I met a number of my a number of my YouTube friends, uh, because I think I was the only one really covering it to that extent, uh, because, yeah, I, I love this stuff, as you know by now. Uh, but that was pretty much, I think it was year one um, of of the uh, of the show, Virtual Legality. Uh, and uh, you can tell from the thumbnails as I try to figure out how to come up with visual thumbnails for things like analysis of the FTC's COPPA rule. <laughs> And I've got stuff like, I think I got a tightrope walker walking between canyons and things. Uh, and it was it was a lot of fun. So thank you very much, Secret McSquirrel. I really appreciate all that you do. It is great to have you here. Uh, the stream was a lot of fun. Absolutely it was. <clears throat> and we're going to do what we can to not strain my voice too much. So I apologize for this voice, but hopefully it's acceptable to talk about uh, in this way. Treen says, Ian was left to do super chats on his own. Wasn't too long after you left. Oh, I feel bad. I really do like to, you guys know this about me, I think. I really do like to hang in there as long as I can, make sure everybody has a buddy if they want one, and if they don't, get out of there. Uh, but uh, I, I couldn't I couldn't go later than I think I opted out at like 11.15, my time, last night. Uh, so, yeah, Nicole says, morning from Michigan. I'm making a list to grab last-minute stuff before the snows. Yep. That was the conversation I had with Mrs. Hoglaw this morning. Absolutely. Is Copa Americana a football cup? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, the FTC is just really interested in soccer. Uh, and so they have the COPPA rule to talk specifically about soccer tournaments here in the United States. <clears throat> uh, Children's Online Privacy and Protection Act. I think you got it. Sardinisms. That is the COPPA. They always like to sneak in those extra letters. It's why people get confused about HIPAA, COPPA, stuff like that. As a lawyer, it doesn't even mean this anymore. The words, it's just, it's just COPPA. It's just HIPAA. Uh, it, it is all that bundle of stuff that is incorporated into those initials. <laughs> uh, Sardinism says, so yesterday I got into a discussion with my boyfriend about what a contract between a VTuber and UMG probably looks like. I might've been watching your channel for a while. Hey, good for you. Good for you. I will say this. Um, in this area, uh, you've, you've probably got a lot more novelty in contracts, a lot less set in stone, a lot less boilerplate uh, than you do in other kind of contract areas. Software, social media, YouTube content, partnerships, sponsorships, advertising, marketing, music uh, licensees, uh, all sorts of stuff like that. Um, are often some of the most fun stuff that I even get a chance to look at because it's just not settled. Uh, when you're when you're negotiating a boilerplate contract, everybody says, "Oh, that's not market. You can't ask for that." And you're like, "Well, I don't I don't really care." Uh, it's still going to run into a wall uh, that uh, people just are like, "No, this is the way we do things." That doesn't happen nearly as much in some of the stuff that we're talking about there. Cheryl says, "No, it was perfect. If you guys hadn't left when you did, Ian would still be working through super chats." All right. Well, I guess I'm glad I got the impetus to at least let Ian get to, I think he had 60 or 70 uh, that I could see him having starred uh, when I left. So I'm glad, I'm glad he got to, uh, to actually finish and go to sleep eventually. <laughs> Kaylee, oh, you're awake and you have a voice. Have a voice seems like a strong descriptor for, I think if I tried to take my voice above this level, it would just die. It would just die. Chris says the opposite. Your voice is sounding rough. My kids say I sound like Batman. It's very sick Batman, maybe. I feel great. I don't feel bad at all, uh, as I did this last week. But the uh, the voice is the voice is a little bit a little bit stretched thin. Um, Mrs. Hoglaw would like to say, as she does most mornings, "Good morning, chat from the school parking lot." Good morning, Mrs. Hoglaw, and thank you for the tea this morning. I desperately needed it. All right, folks. Well, it sounds like people are stocking up for this for the uh, for the winter snows here. Uh, otherwise, getting ready for Christmas. RJH giving me credit for my punny title. I love my puns. Uh, morning from Oklahoma. First time live for Super Susan. We got to acknowledge that. Welcome. It's very early in Oklahoma. I'm sorry you had to get up so early, but I'm glad to have you here. Uh, so have a great time. I think we're gonna have fun. We got people welcoming Mrs. Hoglaw in the chat. It's always good to welcome Mrs. Hoglaw. She's fantastic. <clears throat> Shereen says, we can have a whispering hogue this morning. I'll, hopefully I'm a little higher than a whisper, but you don't know. I am, uh, I'm a little intimidated by the number of articles and things I have set up uh, for the presentation here. So I think we're going to get to it a little bit early just to make sure I can get through most of it uh, that we can talk about today. There's already 300 of you in the chat, 745 in the morning. Always impressed by you guys and, and getting here and popping in so early. I will say one of the main comments I got about the second special edition hangouts and headlines yesterday was that was that that particular crew was like, oh, this is this is a much better time. It's not 730 a.m. I think we were we were talking through those things at about, I don't know, 10, 
10 in the morning, uh, 10.30 maybe. Uh, so that was that was pretty funny. Uh, but uh, I'm not going to be doing two back-to-back Hangouts and Headlines very often, I don't think. But it just felt like because Hangouts and Headlines, as we've talked about earlier, really came to be because of covering the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard story, that the end of it, and yes, people have said, well, there'll still be people writing about it, and we'll probably cover it in Hangouts again. Uh, but the end of it as an actual legal matter felt like a milestone worth marking. Uh, so I did that yesterday. Uh, we've got we've got a lot to do today. We've got a lot to do in Hangouts and Headlines. We just have a, a busy day uh, today, so I think, uh, I think we're going to have fun. Uh, Jacob says, idea, how about you don't stream even if something pops up and it's kind of your job when you are sick. The last thing we need is a hoag who loses his voice. I don't actually think I'm sick. I, I skipped... I skipped two hangouts and headlines and haven't done a virtual legality since last Monday, uh, last week, where I was really down, really down for the count. Um, here, I'm not going to tell you I'm making good choices on this stuff, but I love these conversations. I love having this discussion. I love talking about all this through uh, with, with you guys. Um, and so I like doing it. I may not do a virtual legality today, much to the chagrin of the people still waiting for me to make some commentary on, on Microsoft and Activision, because I probably do need another 24 hours after I get done with this Hangouts. But I am not feeling bad. It is just the kind of after effects of what was an illness uh, here with my with my voice. So I promise I won't kill myself, Jacob. Uh, but I, I think I think we can have some fun this morning, even with me talking. A little bit like this so i do appreciate it i do appreciate it because i need your help sometimes i just want to stream y'all have to yell at me to say just get off you sound awful but hopefully that's not this morning all right let's talk about this story because it's, i think it's fascinating for those of you that do watch virtual legality as well as hangouts and headlines you probably know that one of the main large playlists that we have on the channel and would have been the largest playlist before microsoft and activision is a playlist called Epic versus Apple. Um, Epic Games is a video game company that most prominently makes the video game Fortnite, which you're probably familiar with uh, and probably recognize as a kid-facing video game, uh, even though there are a lot of non-kids that play it. And you can dress up like a giant banana. Uh, and it's a battle royale, which if you don't play video games, uh, essentially means you put 100 people in an area, you have that area gradually shrink, last person standing wins. Uh, and Fortnite uses kind of somewhat cartoony guns uh, and to eliminate other players. And they add vehicles and missions and all sorts of stuff uh, every season. And it's a good time. I like Fortnite. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure that Tim Sweeney, the CEO of Epic, believes me when I say that, uh, since he and I get into it from time to time. Uh, but I, uh, I like Fortnite. It's a fun game. And yet, one of the things I said pretty prominently in Epic versus Apple is I was telling people why I thought Apple would win and Apple has won right now. It's all being appealed up to the Ninth Circuit, but right now Apple is the is the winner uh, for Epic trying to claim that a Apple has a monopoly and is antitrust violating by running their app store through their phone. I said, you might be able to bring this complaint against Apple. Apple has a lot of things that look a little sketchy, but... Epic is probably one of the worst companies to bring it for you. And I meant this specifically in the context in which Epic versus Apple was brought, 
which was that Epic deliberately breached their agreement, did something they knew was outside their contract, and then complained when Apple removed their product. <clears throat> and uh, Epic basically was flippant about this the whole time, really upset the judge. You could tell in various parts that they were so flippant. Well, for those of you online or otherwise that had some choice comments for me, um, I think that what we're seeing here today is probably further proof that Epic is, among all game companies, still probably the worst avatar for bringing the claim against Apple. Because what you want to be able to do is you want to be able to bring something like a, a good versus evil type claim. And you can't do that when you're having the biggest fines in history uh, brought against you by the Federal Trade Commission. Now, on the other hand, we also have a series called Microsoft Times Activision, which currently features an FTC that is sued to block that deal, where I have explained to you that I think they're being overly aggressive uh, and that they don't have much of a case against Microsoft. And that is still the same body. It's still the same agency. So we don't have to just sit here and be like, well, they must be right because Epic is settling. FTC has done some stuff here, which seems pretty extreme. Uh, and Epic agrees to it, not necessarily because they think the FTC has an awesome case, but because they believe that settlement makes more sense here. And you see $520 million. The reason primarily that it's that high is that Fortnite is that popular. Fortnite makes so much money. And if it makes so much money, the FTC has a bit more authority to go and ask for more uh, money coming back. Uh, so what you see here on the screen is $520 million over children's privacy, that's COPPA, and trickery charges. Now, trickery trickery is a great term for it, as put in here by the New York Times. The FTC instead calls it dark patterns, which to me sounds like you're in some kind of... Uh, uh, cryptonomicon, uh, snow crash, sci-fi novel. Uh, but we'll talk about what they mean. It essentially means having a UI and button presses and systems in place that make it easy to mispurchase things and hard to get those refunded, give or take. Uh, and so we'll talk about both those. The 520 million is actually split over two, both of those things in different charges. So before we get to the New York Times, and the New York Times is going to go far afield and talk about a whole lot of stuff. So we're not going to dive too deep into this headline necessarily, but we will uh, at the end of this video. I want to talk a little bit about uh, what is actually happening here per the FTC. So the FTC, when they make a decision like this, we just saw this with Microsoft and Activision, puts out a press release. Uh, and in this press release from yesterday, it says, Fortnite video game maker Epic Games to pay more than half a billion dollars over FTC allegations of privacy violations and unwanted charges. Epic will pay a $275 million penalty for violating children's privacy law, change default privacy settings, and that's one of the really interesting parts here we'll talk about, and $245 million in refunds for tricking users into making unwanted charges. Now, What's interesting about this is the FTC is, is no different than anybody that wants a headline. So they come up with this 520. That's what they want in the New York Times. The 245 is refunds. Those aren't penalties. Those aren't going to the FTC. The 275 is specifically for the privacy violations. And then a complaint that they basically have over primarily text and voice chat that, that doesn't easily fall into 
any of their specific powers. So that's interesting. Uh, we'll talk about that as we get there, but we'll see how the Federal Trade Commission kind of frames this out. Federal Trade Commission has secured agreements requiring Epic Games to pay a total of $520 million in relief over allegations the company violated the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act and deployed design tricks known as dark patterns to dupe millions of players into making unintentional purchases. You didn't want that party llama? Well, too bad. The FTC's action against Epic involves two separate record-breaking settlements. As part of the proposed federal court order filed by the Department of Justice on behalf of the FTC, Epic will pay a $275 million monetary penalty for violating the COPPA rule, the largest penalty ever obtained for violating an FTC rule. So let's stop right there. And we can go to the COPPA rule, which we haven't looked at in a while. So what happens here is the FTC has broad authority to enforce the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act. Uh, and it has it through this rule, which operates a bit under COPPA and a bit under their rule to prevent unfair business practices. And so they, they craft this rule. This is called promulgating a rule, if you really want to get fancy. They put this rule together. And the primary rule is right here. There's a lot of extra language here. We're going to skip all that. The primary rule is here. It shall be unlawful for any operator of a website or online service directed to children or any operator that has actual knowledge that it is collecting or maintaining personal information from a child to collect personal information from a child in a manner that violates the regulations prescribed under this part. So if you've got a service like Fortnite, which they find was directed to a child, and we'll come back up for that definition in just a second then it's unlawful for you to collect information unless you do these things. And these are actually summary descriptions of the further sections, uh, but we can use this here just as our, our own executive summary. So the copper rule is, okay, you're directed to a child. What do you have to do? Provide notice on your website or online service of what information you're collecting from children, how it uses it, and its disclosure practices. Obtain parental consent for all that stuff. <clears throat> provide a reasonable means for a parent to review what you collected, not condition a child's participation in a game, the offering of a prize or another activity to disclosing more information than is reasonably necessary, and establish and maintain reasonable procedures to protect confidentiality. <clears throat> so it's not the world's hardest rule, but it does require you to pay attention to the fact that you are directing your stuff to children. And I don't know that anybody would really fight too hard about whether Fortnite is directed to children, but <clears throat> as they define it, it is, well, as we talked about in those earlier videos, it's not actually defined. So website or online service directed to children means a website or online service targeted to children. Great rule. And what is all the rest of this language? Well, it basically says, what do we mean by targeted to children? In determining whether your uh, service is directed to children, the commission will consider subject matter, visual content, animated characters, child-oriented activities, music, age of models, child celebrities, language, other characteristics of a website, advertising, promoting what it's connected with, that kind of thing. Uh, and so basically it says, we'll know it when we know it. Now, I don't really think Fortnite <clears throat> can fight this too terribly hard, uh, as we see in the lawsuit that gets settled. So this is the way, this is what we talked about with respect to Microsoft Times Activision. In general, this is how 
uh, you get a, a full-on court-enforced settlement is you actually file the lawsuit and you settle it at the same time, which is what happened with respect to the FTC on this. You see, they talk about the rules. They talk about what Fortnite is. And then they say things like, first of all, Epic is collecting personal information. Uh, and that personal information is pretty minor in the grand scope. First name, last name, and email. But it is information. They also start asking for birth dates in the last few years. Um, primarily, one would assume to age gate a little bit, but but no. Important to note, in COPPA land, a child is under 13. So we're talking about 12-year-olds and under. Um, directed to a child doesn't include teens uh, yet. We'll talk about that at the end of the video as well. <clears throat> and they basically say, hey, look, Fortnite is is directed to children. Look, look at the cartooniness here. Look at Fortnite. They put in pictures. Uh, oh, look at this. This is you can see it's it's still directed to children. Uh, they have quotes that basically make the case for them. They've got Epic Games employees saying we want to be living room safe, but barely. We don't want your mom to love the game. Just accept it compared to alternatives. OK, agree with the idea that generally all theming should be relevant to an eight to 14 year old. Now, some of those are outside of COPPA, but still <laughs> we are not adult experience must allow for parent parental comfort for ages 10 plus. So Fortnite has promoted and hosted live in-game concerts featuring celebrities popular with children, such as Marshmallow, Travis Scott, Ariana Grande, and BTS. All right, FT, uh, FTC, I'm, I'm, I think you're going a little far there. It's not just popular with children. It has to be directed to children. And, and basically all of these groups, I think, are just generally popular, just popular in general. Uh, so I don't think it works there. But I don't think they actually need to push this too hard. It's, it's pretty obvious that Fortnite is going to fall under the directed to children kind of rubric. They make good cases that they sell like pencil cases and school supplies and whatever the heck you call a trapper keeper now in 2022. They have a partnership with Hasbro for toys. Uh, they have commercials targeting those aged 12 to 17 that aired on the Cartoon Network. Now, interestingly, almost all of that is outside of COPPA, right? <clears throat> but I really just don't think you're going to be able to fight this if you're epic, which is one of the reasons why they settle. It's like, yeah, Fortnite is going to be directed to kids. You look at this ad, it's a child in a llama shirt at a child size playing with a battle bus toy. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to win this. Uh, they got you dead there. Uh, Epic knows children play Fortnite. Of course it does. Uh, and then you get into this section here and we'll, we'll let, we'll let the FTC talk about it, but outside of the copper rule, which is collecting privacy stuff, not asking for parental consent, not showing it when parents ask for it. And they, they talk about that in the suit. They've also got this notion that Epic has caused substantial harm by matching children and teens with strangers in interactive gameplay while publicly broadcasting players' display names and imposing real-time communications through on-by-default voice and text chat. Now, this is really interesting to me because that isn't something that is presently regulated in law as far as I know. So the FTC has to go out there and say, essentially, this is more generalized. It is not specifically COPPA. This isn't a privacy question. That having text on by default, having voice on by default is going to run you afoul of the FTC. All the while, while these things are on, kids have been bullied, threatened, and harassed, including sexually through Fortnite. Numerous news stories chronicle reports of predators blackmailing, extorting, or coercing children and teens they met through Fortnite and sharing explicit images or meeting offline. Now, obviously, that's horrible. 
but the, the fix here from the FTC side is to default to off instead of defaulting to on. And while I don't think this is a big deal, it's an interesting choice because, well, what is that really going to change anything? Uh, as noted in paragraph 37, Epic did introduce a toggle switch allowing Fortnite players to turn voice chat off, but the control was buried on a hard-to-find settings page. Now, this is this is weird language because, one, the Fortnite UI, the menus, the settings in general, is not great. I love Fortnite, but they've got a thousand menus in there, uh, and it's hard to deal with on console and PC. But saying that, nothing is more particularly buried than anything else. Uh, and so I wouldn't really frame the turn off voice button to be buried. And as someone that enters Call of Duty, or Fortnite, or Apex Legends, Elder Scrolls Online, or anything else, and basically as a first step, turns off voice communications in video games because, well, there's a lot of people there I don't want to hear from. And a lot of people's homes and babies and radios that I don't want to hear from either. Uh, it isn't anything that I've ever thought about because I don't think I don't think my voice or my text has been on in Fortnite ever in years, maybe. So this, this might be a little bit in loco parentis from FTC, uh, but it is interesting that they basically say this is causing harm, which is somewhat separate from the communications facility. And we're going to nail you on some of this stuff um, for, for keeping it on, not under COPPA. COPPA is going to sit as we scroll down because the FTC likes to write, likes to hear itself talk. Uh, we have the COPPA stuff. They failed to provide notice. They failed to provide notice to parents asking for consent. They didn't get consent. They failed to provide a means of reviewing and they failed to delete the request of parents. So they, they failed every aspect of the COPPA rule according to FTC. And so this is a COPPA violation. And then unfair default settings. It's probably no surprise to you folks that that is not, that is not a descriptor found in any statute unfair default settings for your for your software video game. So instead what they do is they take their umbrella power of prohibiting unfair or deceptive acts or practices in or affecting commerce. And they try to say that the default setting is unfair under that rubric, which is usually that you're doing something that harms competition or a competitor in a way that is unfair. Uh, and how do they frame this? They say, Acts or practices are unfair if they cause or are likely to cause substantial injury to consumers that consumers cannot reasonably avoid themselves and is not outweighed by countervailing benefits to consumers or competition. I would argue most consumers probably want the voice and text chat to be on. Uh, so even this definition is stretching things a little bit. Um, and that's, that's funny. You cannot reasonably avoid this yourself. Generally speaking, I go to the settings of a game before I turn it on in any given match. Um, I'm not special. And you're trying to protect kids, but Section 5 isn't particularly aimed at kids. Uh, that's where COPPA lives. Uh, and so you've got all of this. Defendants' actions are likely to cause substantial harm. Uh, and those consumers can't reasonably avoid it themselves. So all they really do here is they recite the statue back uh, after, after talking with what I just talked with you about, which is default on text and voice. And that all goes into going and getting, I think, 275 for this, right? So that's that side of the puzzle. But I'm going to take a breather here and I'm going to drink some more tea. What do you think about those aspects? Uh, so Epic is collecting, you know, not addresses and things, but they're, they're asking for your name, your email, 
They didn't take the right steps, according to the FTC, to go and ask for parental consent. And I think that's probably right <clears throat> in so far as I understand how, how you enter into a Fortnite account. Uh, they will say things in their terms of service that it's not for people under 13, et cetera, but there's no checks or anything like that. Uh, how do you feel about that? How do you feel about the default text and speech rules? Uh, because it's very it's very interesting. <laughs> Tim Riggs says, yep, no 12-year-old ever treats others, children or adults, poorly in an online gaming environment. Well, you know, the rules in the law don't really protect us from 12-year-olds. They, they're, they're supposed to protect 12-year-olds from us. Uh, and from the companies in particular. But no, there's no getting around 12-year-olds and their behavior patterns on video games. Believe me, you can have a bummer of a time on Fortnite uh, from little chipmunk voices yelling at you and saying very bad things that were not be appropriate for the Hoglaw YouTube channel. But uh, that's not really what the FTC is looking at, mostly. Uh, so it's pretty interesting to me to see what I would describe as a pretty aggressive stance on some of this stuff. Epic is not the biggest offender in terms of stealing things here that we have seen. You know, we, we talk about Google, we talk about Facebook, we talk about others that have faced some of this stuff and they got lesser, uh, they got lesser penalties for potentially doing more, uh, you know, putting uh, cookies and, and, and pixel follows and using pins to target advertisements without telling people and that kind of thing. Fortnite does not appear to be that same kind of ball of wax, but what Fortnite does do is make a ton of money on a product that is, I would argue, pretty unequivocally directed to children. So the FTC takes its swing and goes and asks for $275 million. And then they add this bit about text and speech to make it sound more nefarious, right? Epic's main problem here is that they didn't properly go through the copper rule for what they were doing to operate their website. But then you throw on that essentially a default button uh, to allow communication through your product is responsible for things like SA of kids. You say, well, wow, wow, FTC. And that's how you get to a settlement number like 275. So uh, what, what do you all think on this? I am curious. <clears throat> um, I feel like you could maybe squeeze it through in any ability of Epic to record the chats, but it's not a good fit for, for privacy. Yeah, they didn't even try. I mean, part of the reason why I was showing how that how that document is structured, the actual complaint, is to see that there's count one, which is COPPA, and then there's count two, which is unfair default settings. So they're not trying to bring default settings under COPPA. They're bringing it under a very broad, very aggressive uh, interpretation of their general right to police unfair and deceptive practices. And... We talked about it in respect to Microsoft Times Activision, but that's a little bit dangerous of, of just having the FTC decide that it can police anything it doesn't like and call it unfair. Uh, that's not really its ambit. That's not what we want it to be doing. Uh, and so I did want to point that out because that that seemed broad uh, for what what was that what was there. Now, no, neither of those things go to the specific number on the settlement. So it's all kind of a package deal uh, for what Epic is settling on. Uh, but it was clearly included and designed to make Epic look worse uh, than it would be on its own. <clears throat> Here's Nurse Liz. I personally feel very exposed when virtual meetings make me show up with video and audio automatically. Yeah. I like to sneak in like a ninja and scope out the situation before going full camera. <laughs> Laughing emoji. I like to know what everybody else is doing, Nurse Liz, right? That's, that's the scope out the situation. It's like, well, a lot of lawyers will just show up with their logos, um, and, and that's fine. 
some meetings have an expectation that you will show up. I'm I'm very often, depending on the client or the meeting or the purpose, still dressed like this because I do hangouts in the morning. So I have to decide whether I'm going to, you know, take the hat off and potentially put on a collar or a tie or whatever people would expect as well. Uh, and yeah, there's there's a certain amount of I'm going to come in without a camera, uh, and we'll see how it's going, and then I can turn that on after the fact. So yeah, I don't I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it when they start you off there. Uh, for Fortnite, I I really don't recall it being very difficult to turn off voice, but I also don't recall it being on any time in the recent past. So it, it's also Epic isn't doing the thing that you would generally also find problematic from companies, which is they're not like flipping it back on. They're not making you constantly turn it off. I've not had to turn off those things in in some time. Uh, it, it's also the case that playing a Fortnite on console is generally going to have an alternative method of voice communication anyway, party chat, whatever. So it's it's just not a great fit in my opinion. I get why they did it and Epic was already settling. So I understand why it's included there, but it does seem like a very broad interpretation of what their actual powers are which I'm always a little worried about. Brett, before I take off, I'm with you, Hogue. Any multiplayer game, I edit chat settings, both voice and text. I allow the minimal needed to cooperate in game. Yep, and it depends on the game. Fortnite doesn't need a lot of strategic communication, at least not at the levels I'm playing at, folks. Uh, and so you can absolutely turn everything off. You can turn on your favorite podcast, music, whatever, uh, and, and play Fortnite. One of the reasons I like Fortnite is it's a very zen, chill experience. I'm very rarely trying to win uh, I'm doing other things on the map to uh, to get uh, experience and to get further in that battle pass. Or right now it's their um, it's their winter fest, so we we go to get Christmas presents and things like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, this is absolutely what I do. I have never really had a grand experience talking with strangers playing video games, and so I turn those things off almost immediately. And when I forget, generally speaking, the game reminds me pretty darn quickly by hearing somebody's stereo echoing in the background or yelling at their significant other. And I say, yep, okay, I'm out. Uh, and it, it does ruin certain aspects of things. You know, the new Call of Duty has uh, actual geographic communication, so you can talk to someone based on how close you are in game uh, to them. Uh, and I, I just miss out on those things. But do I really miss it? No, not so much. Uh, but yeah, I definitely hit those things first. <clears throat> nurse says seems like a leap legally though in this sense yeah i agree uh this this is we're going to take our broad power and we're going to apply it to default settings and say we have this authority that's where the risk is for me it's like wait you think you have the authority to change default settings because you didn't like the effects of them that's going to be <laughs> that's going to be a lot of power i mean uh, you're gonna you're gonna get involved in anti-aliasing where, where does this end ftc and so that's that's a, uh, that's a problem I see on this. What's truly irritating is that this lets the FTC get into record some of this stuff, not really backed up by statute, into an unanswered settlement that they can potentially reuse and expand upon later. Yeah. Yeah, so this is kind of the way some of these settlements work, is that you've got this section. Like, I don't really think, it doesn't look to me, as described by the FTC, and Epic Games isn't really going to fight it. We'll see their statement in just a second that Epic has a great case that they weren't doing stuff that was stupid for COPPA purposes. Uh, and so that's why they're settling. And then the FTC throws in this, you have unfair default settings and they say, yeah, whatever. That, is that going to raise our bill? No, whatever, FTC, go nuts. We'll settle everything. And you'll see that they're going to change their defaults. 
So that's a behavioral solution, as we talk about with respect to the FTC <clears throat> in other contexts. Uh, but it does allow them to go and assert that they have this authority pretty much unchallenged and then say next time potentially, oh, we have the authority to change your default rules. <clears throat> so, yeah, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's great, but it's probably not the top line item here. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if the FTC tries to pull this again, uh, because we are going to look at a few quotes. And certainly the FTC is, is in the business of expanding its authority right now or trying to. Uh, and that's what we see here in these quotes. So they're going to ensure that voice and text communications are turned off by default. And then also on the second half here, Epic will pay $245 million for those dark patterns, which we'll talk about in just a minute. As our complaints note, Epic used privacy invasive default settings and deceptive interfaces that tricked Fortnite users, including teenagers and children. Now, here's where you get really confused. So here's Lena Khan who I'm going to just be honest here, I don't, I'm not a big fan of based on her quotes uh, and what her agency has done in the recent past. Um, but you can see here that despite the fact that that lawsuit does not combine the notion of default setting issues uh, and COPPA violations, Lena Khan does in her very first quote, the first quote from an official uh, at the FTC in their own press release. So this is self-selected. This is vetted by them. Privacy invasive default settings is not really what their claim even was. Deceptive interfaces we haven't gotten to yet. <coughs> that tricked Fortnite users, including teenagers and children. And of course, COPPA doesn't apply to teenagers. So you've already got this kind of, you want to talk about deceptive. You've already got this kind of deceptive statement at the top. Okay, so you mainly get them not on the stuff you're talking about, teenagers, we're going to get to dark patterns in a second, which it says applies to everybody. It's not really privacy invasive default settings as much as potential damage causing default settings. And you put that in your top line. Protecting the public and especially children from online privacy invasions and dark patterns is a top priority for the commission. And these enforcement actions make clear to businesses that the FTC is cracking down on these unlawful practices. The Justice Department takes very seriously its mission to protect consumers' data privacy rights, says the Associate Attorney General. This proposed order sends a message to all online providers that collecting children's personal information without parental consent will not be tolerated. See, unlike the earlier statement, this all seems accurate to me. The Justice Department, quote, is, we're, we're going to enforce COPPA. If you don't give the parents the rights that they're supposed to have under the, the COPPA, then we're, we're going we're gonna to bring a claim against you. That, that all seems to check out. This is an overbroad description of what they're even doing. And, and then the Justice Department seems to be correct in what they've framed it as. Here's what Fortnite is. What are the privacy violations? We can skip most of this. Violated COPPA by failing to notify parents and obtain consent for the information they're getting. And then default settings harm children and teens. Now, again, important to note, they didn't frame this as a privacy violation in their actual lawsuit because it doesn't make any sense. It's a unfair default settings. Uh, Epic employees express concern about their default settings, uh, which they do use against Epic. Uh, in addition to paying this record civil penalty for violating COPPA, uh, Epic will be prohibited from enabling voice and text communications for children and teens unless parents of users under 13 or teenagers provide their affirmative consent through a privacy setting. So you're going to have to go and hit an extra button to get your voice and chat back, which will take about 10 seconds would be my guess. 
Commission voted 4-0 to refer this to Department of Justice, just as a kind of note. We saw that it was a 3-1 vote for the Microsoft Activision deal on a Democrat-Republican split. So you do have unanimity here uh, from the commission on these things. Like I said, it's really no surprise uh, based on uh, Fortnite pretty clearly being directed to children. And what they say is there there just isn't anything here for parental consent or record keeping or, or anything like that. So it just appears like they just didn't comply with COPPA at all. And then let's talk about illegal dark patterns. But instead of the summary, because the FTC was not satisfied with merely one press release. Uh, let's look at their second press release on this. For the settlement that alleges Fortnite owner Epic Games used digital dark patterns to charge players for unwanted in-game purchases. The FTC's $275 million proposed settlement, so it has to be approved by the courts, that's why it's proposed still, but it will be, alleges the company violated the law by collecting personal information from kids under 13 without parental consent and by enabling voice and text chat by default, an unfair practice. But to borrow a phrase from advertisers, wait, there's more, OFTC. You are, you are such a man of the people. <laughs> much, much more in the form of a separate $245 million proposed settlement with Epic Games for using digital dark patterns to bill Fortnite players for unintentional in-game purchases. Now, for those of you that don't know how Fortnite works, it's a free-to-play game, which does not mean that it doesn't make money. It's one of the most lucrative games on earth. Uh, but you can go and play Fortnite right now. You want to download Fortnite? You want to play Fortnite? You play Fortnite right now. Well, as long as you're not on Apple or Google, right? Uh, but assuming you can have access to Fortnite, you can go play it right now. And then what they do is they sell what's called a battle pass, where you can buy that for about 10 bucks. Uh, and then uh, for the three-month period that that battle pass covers, you play the game, you gain experience, and then you get things from that battle pass, which is a pretty good deal. Uh, it, and uh, it's one of the more successful battle passes because if you play enough, you can also get that money back that you spent to buy the battle pass to essentially buy the next battle pass, uh, which is how I play Fortnite. I go and get enough of those credits that I really don't pay for Fortnite. I just pay, I, I just play through battle passes, uh, which is good. On top of that, they have what they call a store, uh, and that store allows you to just go and buy uh, costumes or, or skins or other things that go on to the cosmetics of your game. doesn't change the way it plays, uh, but it does change the way it looks. So right now, I think that there's Christmas-themed stuff. You can go be a gingerbread man. Uh, you can go be a, uh, a wacky Santa, whatever it is. Uh, and then they will have some IP license stuff as well. So I think there's there was some Marvel stuff I saw the other day. Uh, I think the Hulk and things like that. And uh, you can go and you can buy those things. So what you're talking about when you start talking about dark patterns here, which is a ridiculous term, and I hate the FTC for inventing it, uh, is basically that there's some way that the system works that you accidentally buy things uh, and they have designed it so that you accidentally buy things and then that you can't complain about it right now. Outside of this at the top sounding like it's a New York Post article, uh, let's continue with the FTC's explanation. How much money can a company take in by selling virtual costumes, dance moves, and pinatas shaped like llamas? It won't surprise Fortnite fans to hear that the answer is billions, especially when, as the FTC alleges, Epic used a host of digital design tricks, dark patterns, to charge consumers for virtual merchandise without their express informed consent, right? So this is the key. The FTC's theory of dark patterns is that even though you might have hit the keystrokes, even though you might have done the thing that suggests that you wanted to purchase this, that you didn't actually really have that meeting in the minds. When we talk about a contract, when we talk about a commitment, there's a requirement that you have 
a meeting of the minds that you have what they're calling here express informed consent that you deliberately meant to buy that llama pinata and if you didn't and if that is systemic then they can act against it which is what they've done here the ftc says that when people disputed unauthorized charges with their credit card company epic locked their accounts depriving them of access to content they had already paid for it is certainly the case that if you decide to do a chargeback or otherwise dispute a charge to a live service game company, generally speaking, they're going to lower the hammer on you. And the FTC is also sending a signal here that says that's probably not fair. Uh, and so that's going to that's going to wake up a lot of video game companies and say, well, OK, now they're trying to avoid fraud, right? They, they do direct their stuff to kids. They're trying to avoid kids that have stolen credit cards uh, and things along those lines. So there's a delicate balance here. Uh, but the FTC is saying, hmm, hmm, if you just lock their account and they've already bought stuff, hmm, that doesn't feel right. The proposed FTC consent order is the agency's largest administrative settlement to date. Continue reading for some insightful and instructive quotes from consumers and employees who didn't hold back about their opinions of Epic's tactics. You can see the FTC has taken a different tack with this uh, particular press release. It is very much a tabloid type approach. For the technological Rip Van Winkles among us, Fortnite is a hit video game with more than 400 million registered users, many of whom are kids. Although people can play the basic version for free, Epic charges for in-game purchases designed to enhance gameplay. <sighs> All right, folks, I, I'm going to need a ruling here from the chat. So I, I, I explained to you what Fortnite does. Fortnite allows you to buy a battle pass to get cosmetic items and allows you to buy uh, things in the store for cosmetic items. Generally speaking, as a gamer, these are very specifically not gameplay altering. But as a, as a lay person with the FTC deciding to write about Rip Van Winkles among us, do you think that what Fortnite charges for is designed to enhance gameplay? See, I, I think on a, on a kind of generalized definition it's certainly designed to enhance your experience right i want to be a banana i want to dance like a banana i want to appear as a large banana and so let me be a banana is an enhancement of gameplay it's an enhancement to my utility playing the game of some kind but in real parlance it doesn't change anything my banana still shoots just normally and what we're talking about here is not going to change your experience playing fortnite other than the fact that you can see yourself as a giant banana. What do we think here, folks? Uh, I, just because as a super chat, would anyone else play the Dark Patterns fellow of Fortnite? If Epic were really cheeky, they would call the next season Dark Patterns. Because it would totally fit with their kind of comic book styling for naming conventions and whatnot. Um, from a child's perspective, it does, says Kaylee. See, I'm entertaining the alternative. I mean, you do spend it to do something, right? If you're buying something deliberately, assuming not just accidentally, you are doing it to get value of some kind. And I'm open to the fact that in kind of normal English, you could say that that is enhancing your gameplay, even though from a game perspective, one of the places that you get into real trouble if you're a developer is selling things that would be characterized as pay to win that change your gameplay fundamentally for, for spending that money. And Fortnite has been very good about not doing that. Fortnite only sells cosmetics. In fact, Fortnite also doesn't sell, it didn't go down loot box road. It doesn't sell you random cosmetics. It's here are the things you are able to buy and you can go buy them. Uh, so yes, Jason says, deciding with you, enhanced gameplay, yes, skins do that. Skins do that. I, I, I'm, I'm tending to agree 
on the way people kind of normally talk about this, uh, but it definitely doesn't change the game. Ross says it's designed to enhance how much money they make. It's all they sell. Yes, it goes from zero to this, but it is billions of dollars. Uh, Tyler says, no, I do not think that. It's designed to enhance variety and the experience. Gameplay stays exactly the same. And I'm also open to this. I think gameplay is a very specific kind of phrase here, especially if you're going to treat everybody else like an idiot. For those Rip Van Winkles among us. All right. If you're going to be the expert on how Fortnite works, I recommend as an agency of the government that you be pretty careful with this stuff. Uh, I'd argue by the old definition, it is enhancing gameplay, but these days, no, that is what everyone defines as a cosmetic. Yeah. And to me, I totally understand that the English says, yeah, okay, I'm playing a game. It is enhanced by game. I get this. But I do think if you're going to be the regulatory agency that's going to impose a half billion dollars in fines, and you're going to try to spend the press release to explain to people what it is you're talking about, you have to be pretty careful with what it is you're actually framing. Because my initial reaction here is like, no, it doesn't change gameplay at all. You don't need a single purchase to enjoy Fortnite. You don't need a single one. (coughs) And yet, am I happier that I can play as Kratos or my favorite, Paul Atreides, from, of course, the legendary science fiction uh, novel Dune, uh, because my daughter just hates it when I make Paul Atreides. Uh, Dune is a movie that she loves, and I make him do like the chicken dance. She just hates it. And if that isn't what being a dad is all about, I don't know what is. So, yeah, I have Paul Atreides go out there and do silly dances, and uh, she really dislikes that. <laughs> Radio Free Bavaristan. Uh, says dark patterns in general are design aspects that obfuscate unwanted options or draw wanted ones into the foreground. Nudges, right? Yeah, well, and then we've got the question, which the FTC is not really going to answer for us, about when that becomes illegal. Uh, and so this, as you can see here, this is the biggest administrative uh, settlement. This is the biggest COPPA settlement. They're being very aggressive. Epic was okay with this, but it's still worth noting that it's like, okay, we're, we're in some uncharted waters here because there's all sorts of different places in software design that you could get into trouble on this kind of stuff. Catherine says, kids have a weird sense of humor. So do I. The strange cosmetics do enhance the sense of fun. Oh, yeah. Fortnite lives on Batman shooting a giant banana with a, with a cannon uh, and then meeting up with Paul Atreides uh, to go in a team-up effort to take down Spider-Man. Uh, and uh, an anime character from Dragon Ball. It's just it's just how it works. Caffeine Junkie says, it's like wearing designers clothes to school. You still wear a shirt and pants, just prettier. But your get- grades in the exams will not improve significantly. Now, this sounds to me like a psychological paper. Do kids who feel better about what they're wearing do better on tests? Don't know. Don't know. Tagger, says, same word, different definitions. Gameplay means algorithms undergirding system function versus claim gameplay equals user experience. Yeah, I'll buy that. Oh, I will buy that. All right, let's continue with the FTC's very interesting press release here. The FTC alleges that with millions of consumers' credit cards conveniently in hand, as, as given to them by those consumers, Epic failed to adequately explain its billing practices to customers and designed its interface in ways that led to unauthorized charges. You'll want to read the complaint for details. Let's see if we can pop that up. But here are a few of the dark patterns the company allegedly used. According to the complaint, 
Epic set up its payment system so that it saved by default the credit card that was associated with the account. That means that kids could buy V-Bucks, the virtual currency necessary to make in-game purchases, with the simple press of a button. No separate cardholder consent was required. And although the currency was imaginary, the charges Epic packed onto mom or dad's credit card were very real. What did parents and users have to say about Epic's methods? Here are some examples. Hello, Epic Games. The charges associated with this account were made without my authorization. This account is associated with my 10-year-old son's account. And I'm really disappointed that there is no check and balance that alerted me of these charges. And a 10-year-old can purchase coins worth almost $500 so easily. Yeah. I certainly think it's best practices to go and ask for uh, a consent each time. Uh, but certainly it would be disruptive to the purchasing aspect, which you want to be if you're Epic a little bit impulsive, which isn't necessarily illegal. And I certainly wouldn't want to have to fill in whatever every time I purchase V-Bucks. So that's interesting. Uh, you know, we're going to get back into where we were talking about with respect to Addicted to Fortnite last week, which seems like a year ago, <coughs> which is, you know, what role do parents have in all this? Epic Games is swindling parents with unauthorized game purchases, tricking young consumers and using shady practices for billings. I authorized a one-time Epic Games purchase for my 11-year-old son only to discover Epic did not erase my credit card info. And thus my son has been making unauthorized purchases, racking up $140 in less than eight days after the initial authorized purchase. Bare minimum, this is a conversation you do have with your child. Um, you know, I, I, having lived in the 21st century with my kids, there's a lot of games that are significantly more nefarious than Epic in how they are trying to get your money, particularly in the mobile realm. Um, but that doesn't make what Epic does right there. And certainly if they're going to hold the credit card, that should be a pretty clear alert for the parent that's putting this stuff in. I don't know that it isn't. I, I do know that it's easy to kind of forget where you put credit cards and what you've got is recurring charges and things like that. Uh, but it is, it is interesting, right? If you're going to put your credit card into a game your kid is playing, uh, certainly one of the things I would do is I would check to make sure that it was erased and or erase it after that charge was made on the understanding that this kind of thing can happen. And so we get into this question of just exactly how in local parentis is the government agency supposed to be on this stuff. Um, Epic Games has a reasonable argument that they keep the credit card for convenience uh, that I certainly like that I can just hit the button and, and get the stuff and I don't have to worry about it. But also I've talked to my kids about just how much trouble they would be in if I ever found charges that didn't line up with what I knew should be on that credit card. So uh, that's, I have no problems. I got lucky. My kids are awesome. Uh, but uh, it is interesting to see that. And talking about parents is a part of this. Now, Epic Games could easily be obfuscating some of this. We don't kind of get the details here. Uh, so I'm, I'm unwilling to just let them off the hook. But we live in 2022. A reasonable person standard has to be applied on some of this stuff where, yeah, a lot of companies would very much like to take your credit card and just allow you to purchase things. And if you just hand that over to your kid, well, who is that really on? Epic's own fraud and risk consultant expressed similar concerns internally and recommended that the company require account holders to confirm their CVV before charging the card on file. I, I don't, so the CVV is the, is the three digit code on the back of the credit card. Um, easily memorized. I don't know that that would actually solve anything. To the extent that the kid is willing to just go and charge and knows it's knows it's bad, knows that this is happening, they can definitely go find the CVV. I think what you could eliminate there are the kids that accidentally don't understand 
that there's real money going out the door for this kind of thing. And there's certainly an age group that I think you can you can say that is going to apply to. But just having the CVV, I, it's not great protection. This is standard best practice, and it prevents kids from using mom's credit card without their permission, said this employee. However, by the time Epic finally took that advice, which it definitely doesn't ask for when I buy things on the PlayStation, the company had already billed account holders for millions of V-Buck transactions, many of which were unauthorized, according to the FTC. Now, how in the world do you know this? I understand the ones that you can attach to complaint letters. How do you know when a credit card comes in, it has all the indicia of, of being authorized. How do you know that many of them are unauthorized, even though, you know, they don't say most. So many is just, some of these are definitely unauthorized, which is just true by statistics. Another dark pattern alleged in the FTC's lawsuit is Epic's design of in-game purchases in a way that made it easy for an inadvertent button push to lead to unwanted charges. For example, for users playing Fortnite on the small screen of a smartphone, well, that's been solved, hasn't it, FTC? The company placed the button to preview merchandise very close to the purchase button. I'm trying to figure out on the real estate of a smartphone what isn't very close to another button. I'd love to see a picture of this. Maybe it's in the complaint. The upshot, one misaligned click by a user still in the window shopping phase, and Epic immediately deducted the cost of the item from the player's V-Bucks balance. Users also reported unwanted purchases when the game was waking from sleep mode or in a loading screen. In a loading screen? It sounds more like bugs than anything else. What's more, the FTC says Epic used inconsistent and often counterintuitive designations for the buttons, an alleged digital dark pattern that also led to unauthorized charges. For example, when playing Fortnite using the PlayStation controller, hi, that's what I do. The button to preview merchandise has a cross on it, while the button to buy certain items has a square. But for other items, those functions are reversed. Users who press the square can preview items, but users who press the cross are charged. <coughs> I have never noticed this, ever. Um, now I'm not a kid. Uh, and I have no inadvertent purchases on Epic. If I will admit, if there's a scenario in which they reverse the buttons between buy and preview, I think that's a bad look. Uh, I, if they've done it, I've never noticed it in playing Fortnite in years. Uh, so that can be on me. Epic was undoubtedly aware of the consequences of these choices, given what users were reporting. I'd like to raise a concern I have with the in-game store. There's no confirm purchase button when you go to buy something. The reason I say this is because about two months ago, I accidentally misclicked purchase. I had no intention of buying. It instantly took the V-Bucks and that was that. So, I mean, these people want to add an extra window, uh, which, look, this is not me defending how mobile or free-to-play purchases work. They want as little friction as possible between you impulsively deciding to buy a glider and that glider being purchased and them having the V-Bucks. Uh, so it certainly makes sense for them to not have a confirmation window. I am not against a confirmation window, but it is an extra click uh, and some people aren't going to need it. So it's it's interesting. I accidentally purchased a skin using my V-Bucks when I just meant to rotate it and check it out. Fat fingered this, the square button on the PS4. Okay, but that's not the reversal of the buttons. You could fat finger any button. Um, you know, I, I, part of me thinks Epic gets out of this fine <clears throat> if they just have a more robust refund policy for these kinds of statements. And their, their refund policy is basically no. We are really disappointed that you are unable to help us as we feel my son's 
V-Buck accidental spend would have been avoided if your system had more confirmation steps. Most other game companies have clear steps before you purchase. Item goes in the basket. Are you sure you want to purchase this? Press the button to complete your purchase. I don't know that they play many games. I just have to be honest here. That's that there's most things don't have that many steps. Press this button to complete your purchase. Your purchase process has none of these steps. And we believe that it's designed to take advantage of young users and accidental purchases. All told, here the FTC with the big guns, company received more than a million complaints about unwanted charges. And it wasn't just customers. Epic's own employees raised concerns about unwanted charges and repeatedly recommend measures to address them. For example, one employee described the company's failure to include a confirmation screen for sales as a bit of a dark pattern. But among Epic's reasons for rejecting the suggestion was a concern it would reduce the number of impulse purchases. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's still entirely unclear to me from the FTC side of things exactly where illegal the, the illegal illegality line falls. In addition, the FTC alleges that Epic set up roadblocks that hindered users' ability to reverse those charges. For certain purchases, Epic imposed a flat no refunds policy. I can vouch for that. For other inadvertent buys, the FTC says Epic deliberately requires consumers to find and navigate a difficult and lengthy path to request a refund through the Fortnite app, hiding the button in a hard-to-find location under the settings tab. Strikes me from both of these that the FTC just has real trouble with the Fortnite UI and the settings tab. And it is ridiculous. It's a bad UI. Uh, but hmm, is it illegal? I don't know. What if users want to went to their credit card companies to dispute the unauthorized charges? According to the complaint, Epic locked them out of their Fortnite accounts, denying them access to the merchandise they bought that wasn't the subject of the credit card dispute. And again, I am at least somewhat sympathetic to Epic in this because there is fraud that they're trying to deal with. And from their st standpoint, everything looks authorized. Um, accidentals are going to be the hardest uh, for Epic to deal with because those look exactly like what you would expect a purchase to look like. Uh, everything else... You know, kid buys $500 of things in a week. You could easily have caps. You could have things that prevent that kind of stuff. Uh, so I think that's what the FTC is looking for. To settle the case, Epic has agreed to pay $245 million, uh, which will be used to provide refunds. In addition, the proposed order mandates an overhaul of the company's billing and dispute practices and bars the use of dark patterns to get consumers' consent. Once the proposed settlement is published, the FTC will accept public comments for 30 days. The message for other companies should be clear. I don't know that it is. Take steps to avoid the dark patterns alleged in the complaint and others outlined in the FTC report bringing dark patterns to light. Look at your website or app through the eyes of consumers. User experience is the current term, but it harkens back to a consumer production fundamental. Be transparent about your practices. I mean, you said that Epic put the actual buttons on screen that you were supposed to hit. Uh, when it comes to box fighting or bunny hopping, kids may be skilled Fortnite players, but it's a mistake to presume they have similar sophistication about how in-game purchases work. And again, we have to be very careful about enforcing laws in the protect the kids style. COPPA, which is focused on kids, obviously totally legitimate. Uh, but all of this stuff has to be thought of by the, the silliest consumer among you is not the standard. It's a reasonable person standard. So you got to be careful about that aggression. According to the complaint, an Epic employee who helped design the refund request path reported that during testing, he put the link in an obscure location in an attempt to obfuscate the existence of the feature, did he? And that not a single player found this option in the most recent round of UX testing. It's a bad quote. Epic. Epic. When the designer asked if he should make the feature easier to find, he was told by a superior, it is perfect where it is at. Moral of the story, hiding the method customers may must use to ask for a refund isn't a good look for a company, and it's not a strategy your business should implement. 
It's funny. The lawyer's moral of the story is don't write this down. What? That's a phone call, gentlemen. No, it's bad. This is bad. Epic, you know, I, I've said that the FTC is a little bit aggressive in, in spots here. This is bad. Epic has certainly done some bad stuff in these two uh, documents and complaints. Apparently not having any COPPA compliance stuff, uh, number one. And then you've got quotes like this. I hid the refund feature. Nobody can find it. The supervisor says, great. It's not good. Read your mail and listen to your employees. In many of these one, uh, in many of those one million complaints, users gave the company an earful about how its billing practices let them down. And Epic employees echoed the same concerns. Some of them, companies that want to foster goodwill and avoid legal hot water should listen more carefully to customers and staffers. And again, this is kind of in a vacuum. People will complain about anything, so you have to judge this stuff uh, at the company level. But certainly, Epic uh, appears to have done certain things with respect to refunds. I don't know whether we'll get better uh, stuff here from the complaint document. Maybe some pictures would be nice. Oh, look, that's how you download it. It's just a free-to-play game. Look at that. You just get, get button. There you go. Um, if the account holders scrolled down the page, they could have viewed the full game description, the age rating, other information. At the very bottom of the page was a small white box containing the game's age rating. Below the age rating in tiny text, in-game purchases and users interact. Epic did not provide any further information about how or when it seeks account holder authorization for in-game charges. Uh, Epic included this box nearer to the top of the page after three years from when it started billing. Epic charged parents and other account holders without authorization. Once F Fortnite has been downloaded, kids compete against other players. They can customize their appearance with outfits, emotes, gliders, and use battle passes to obtain cosmetics, battle passes, and llamas. Uh, kids used V-Bucks for more than a year after Epic offered in-app purchases. Kids could acquire V-Bucks simply by pressing buttons with no parental or cardholder action or consent. Well, one, assuming that there's a card on file. At that point, Epic automatically billed the parents' stored payment information for the V-Bucks. Epic did not require parents to enter a PIN or password to authorize those purchases or even allow them to enable such a control. Uh, Epic began and persisted engaging in those practices despite public law enforcement against places like amazon.com for its one-click stuff. And many parents are surprised. That's where they have the quotes. Uh, they got the risk consultant, those quotes. Uh, Epic has billed users for unauthorized digital charges. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> this is the phone. Here's the purchase button in yellow. Here's preview styles below it. Here's buy as a gift. So I, to me, this doesn't look nefarious. Yes, you could spread these out more. Um, and perhaps it is nefarious based on some of the quotes we got from Epic, but at, at least just on the outset, this looks like it does on consoles. I, I just don't think that they tweak their mobile, um, their mobile structure here. Here is just a random assortment of, of buttons from the PlayStation. Maybe this is designed to go with something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, the button to purchase items on video game consoles is also the same as the button associated with other actions that do not result in users incurring a charge. I don't know when that sentence wouldn't be true. If you've got a button on the console that can purchase things for you, in other contexts, it's not going to purchase things for you. Whether it's the X button or the circle button or the square button or the triangle button, it's going to do other things in other contexts, including shooting your gun in the Fortnite game. So I'm not sure that that's true, or, or at least a concern. For example, the square button is used to change the style of an already purchased outfit Outfit in the Fortnite locker. If a player wishes to preview different styles in the item shop and uses the same button, 
the player would use to change styles in the locker, Epic buys the thing. Right. Well, it's going to be displayed on screen. I, it's, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Epic is, is perfect or even good at this stuff. And I think the overall kind of thrust of the FTC's complaints here that they get right up to the line and they cross it in some places is correct. I just get a little bit squeamish about, well, this button buys things, but it does other things in other menus. This is true. I don't know that that's an avoidable situation unless you just want to put one button on your controller and just not have it be used for anything else ever. Uh, we talk about the refunds and the requests here. Uh, this is this is it. Uh, you can buy it. There's apparently an undo button. Uh, after after numerous players use the undo button to cancel unwanted charges, uh, Epic took steps to reduce its prominence. Specifically, as shown below, Epic changed the name of the button to cancel purchase uh, and put it in the bottom here. Yeah. So this is definitely better. This is more transparent. Undo is available for a little while or until you leave this screen. So you can say, oh, I didn't mean to buy that. And then they actually go and they make it worse. These are the kinds of foot faults that are just idiots uh, doing this kind of stuff, which is, yep, this looks bad. You had something that worked. You were unhappy with the number of people that were asking for refunds. And so you, you put it down here between login and camera. Yep. Yep. I don't think that looks great. Uh, and then the violations are unfair billing, which they use under their powers of uh, Section 5, unfair denial of account access. That's also a Section 5 type complaint. Uh, and that's they're using their Section 5 powers on a pretty aggressive level uh, for this stuff because dark patterns isn't something that is defined anywhere. So uh, it's really going to depend on your proclivities for this, whether you like this stuff or not. Uh, about whether you feel like the aggressive FTC is doing good or causing friction for companies that maybe is undeserved. Certainly, I think they got Epic in a couple of ways on these two documents, uh, and I think that's justified. You've heard me express certain concerns about aggression here. Let's see what Epic has to say about it. Epic has reached a settlement with the Federal Trade Commission. In it, Epic will pay $245 million to the FTC to resolve concerns about the past uh, related to past designs of Fortnite item shop and refund systems, Epic will also pay $275 million to resolve concerns related to children's privacy. No developer creates a game with the intention of ending up here. The video game industry is a place of fast-moving innovation where player expectations are high and new ideas are paramount. Statutes written decades ago don't specify how gaming ecosystems should operate. The laws have not changed, but their application has evolved and long-standing industry practices are no longer enough. We accepted this agreement because we want Epic to be at the forefront of consumer protection and provide the best experience for our players. Dear God. Can you tell I hadn't read this before uh, we went over it? <coughs> We're going to pay half a billion dollars to show how much we care. Over the past few years, we've been making changes to ensure our ecosystem meets the expectations of our players and regulators which we hope will be a helpful guide for others in our industry. What's funny about this, right, is that they're not wrong. The laws don't cover any of this. The FTC is using their Section 5 blanket authority to talk about whatever they want uh, on this stuff, which I find to be a problem. 
but I find that to be a problem that you solve with reforming the law and writing some actual stuff. Epic kind of suggests that, but also suggests basically, if you read really far between the lines here, everybody is doing this, right? Epic's not wrong, by the way. And there are companies that are doing it a lot worse than what the FTC just accused Epic of. Epic's the deepest pockets. Epic is a big time player, has a lot of money. Uh, and so Epic undoubtedly feels a little put upon here because they aren't even close to some of the stuff, especially some of the mobile game makers are, are doing. And uh, it's, uh, I, I just can't get over how self-righteous Epic sounds all the time. I like Fortnite, but my God, between Project Liberty and bringing freedom to the Apple ecosystem and like this nonsense, oh uh, yes, we are going to pay half a billion dollars, but also we accepted this to be at the forefront of consumer protection. You accepted this because you were going to lose Epic. I hate to tell you this, Tim, uh, but that's how that was going to go down. Uh, payment and refund systems. All game developers should rethink steps they've taken to simplify payment flow in favor of practices that provide the largest amount of clarity to players when they make purchasing decisions. I just... This press release is like the child that gets caught stealing cookies by their parents and then takes out a podium to give a speech about how all kids should not steal cookies. <laughs> and we're all in this together and we will be an exemplar of not stealing cookies any longer. Saving payment information by default is a common way to streamline the checkout process. We're all doing it. So players do not have to re-enter their payment method every time they make a purchase. We've agreed with the FTC to change this practice and we now offer an explicit yes or no choice to save payment information. I honestly didn't remember whether you did that before Epic, but yes, saying, do you want to save this card is pretty normal for everyone. Pushing a button to complete a purchase is one of the most commonly used and easiest mechanics to complete online purchases. We're all doing it. Again, we would like to point out in between every line that we are paying this money, but every single person does this, which isn't accurate, but yeah. Games should go above and beyond to make sure players even more clearly understand when they are making a purchase with real money or with virtual currencies to prevent accidental purchases. We don't want players to pay for something they did not intend to. FTC kind of got you with some of those quotes, Epic. Since May 2018, Fortnite has had a refund token system and an undo purchase system, but now we've gone further. We've updated our payment flows with a hold to purchase mechanic that reconfirms a player's intent to buy as an additional safeguard to prevent unintended purchases alongside instant purchase cancellations and self-service refunds. So they moved to hold the button. <clears throat> instead of uh, instead of just press the button. That's a good choice. It's a good choice they could have made on their own without the FTC breathing down their neck, but it's a good choice. <clears throat> there are many ways players may seek to refund purchases. Developers should consider avenues for players to request refunds that lie outside of the standard process. Epic, when did you decide to take this stance that you would speak as advisor to video gaming industry as a whole? You're the one with your hand in the cookie jar. You're the one paying half a billion dollars. And you have still struck a self-righteous stance to be the avatar of good. I don't know what to do with you as a company. I don't. This is craziness. If a cardholder sees an unauthorized transaction on their statement, they may report it to the bank to have it reversed. When the chargeback is initiated, it is common industry practice to disable the associated account as a fraud prevention measure. It is. We've updated our chargeback policy to account for non-fraud related scenarios and will only disable accounts when fraud indicators are present. Good luck. We're not going to tell you what those are. Charge back at your own risk. 
<clears throat> we have restored thousands of accounts that were banned due to reported chargebacks under our previous policy. That does nothing for you, consumer, because you have no idea what Epic is thinking. Developers who create a teen-rated or mature-rated game can no longer assume that it won't be deemed to be directed to children. According to COPPA, what is the rating on Fortnite? It's actually a good question. Uh, I don't know if any of you know that in chat. Is Fortnite technically teen? Yep, it is. T for teen. Now, the ESRB is not a government... Uh, is not a government body. It's essentially a, a game industry association. Uh, but you can see here, <laughs> at no point could you ever rely on that for Teen because Teen has no barriers to purchase. Uh, and if you direct things with pencil cases and target ads, well, yeah, uh, you are directed to children. Uh, but it's uh, this is this is coming across as defensive. <sighs> well, you know. You are no longer safe from just that teen-rated or mature-rated game. So that's objection facts, not an evidence. We don't know. There's no necessary reason to believe that a mature-rated game would be deemed directed to children, although it certainly depends on the facts and circumstances. Uh, but this is epic complaining. Well, you can't depend on that anymore because we got burned for it. Younger players who are interested in higher-rated games can find ways to access them. There are no bans on purchasing T for Teen games. You know this, Epic. What are you, who are you talking to? I did not expect this to be so uh, interesting a press release, folks. Developers should proactively create age-appropriate ways for players to enjoy their games. Fortnite is rated T for teen and is directed at an older teen and college-aged audience. <laughs> uh, we recently rolled out Cabin Accounts, a new type of Epic account that provides a tailored experience that is safe and inclusive for younger players. Players under 13 or their country's age of digital consent, whenever, whichever is higher, will be able to play Fortnite while they wait for parental consent, but in a tailored environment where certain features are disabled. So this is them saying that they are not directed to children, which is obviously ludicrous. I don't know if you've been in an elementary school uh, in America, folks, uh, but they're doing Fortnite dances. They're talking about Fortnite uh, and they're, they're playing Fortnite uh, pretty considerably. I think the FTC actually had a stat here. We'll see if we can find it on the fly. I don't know that I can. Uh, that was pretty interesting about the percentage of kids. Uh, I want to say it was 55. Maybe we can find that. <coughs> we'll see if I remembered it well enough to get there. No, nope, I did not. Not 55. Uh, let's see here. I think it had a 2019 survey. Um, where they actually point out just how many of the kids <laughs> they've got. I mean, they've got them dead to rights. Like Fortnite times nerf targeted to six and 11 year old boys. Uh, what else we got here? Um, they definitely have a percentage. Uh, toys zero to 12. They win some awards. We showed that target. Oh, okay. Publicly available survey results from 2019 show that 53% of U.S. children aged 10 to 12 played Fortnite weekly. You're, you're not I, epic. This is the wrong hill to die on. They got you. We got them, meme. That's absolutely insanity. And I'm one that sits here and talks about the vagaries of COPPA and the fact that they, they define directed to children as targeted to children, and that's a ridiculous rule. Uh, but 
as far as these things go from the we know it when we see it kind of categorization, Fortnite is clearly directed to children. Don't don't do this. Don't do this ever. Not this. Not like this. While game developers may be familiar with COPPA, they may not be aware of its global application. COPPA is just one of the many regulations addressing children's privacy around the world, which are expanding to include teens. Not yet, it's not. <laughs> this means game developers should expand youth privacy protections to include players under 18. I, I don't know why you're giving legal advice in your press release and why you're giving it to other developers, but don't. In September, we implemented high privacy default settings for players under the age of 18. Chat defaults to nobody. Profile details default to hidden. Parties default to invite. And personalized recommendations are defaulted to off. Well, yeah, you were in the middle of an FTC settlement. Players under 16 also have the mature language filter defaulted on for text chat. And believe me, guys, if you play video games, nobody ever gets around a text filter through chat. Uh, enhancing Fortnite over time, we've always taken a player-centric approach to building Fortnite. We've learned from our players and can have continually enhanced our features, policies, and payment mechanics since Fortnite launched in 2017. There have never been pay-to-win or pay-to-progress mechanics in player-versus-player experiences in Fortnite, and we eliminated paid random item loot boxes in Fortnite Save the World in 2019. Those were your llamas. Fortnite has always respected console-level parental controls, and in June of 2019, we introduced an additional layer of protection with in-game epic parental controls. On platforms where Epic processes payments, our parental controls enable parents to authorize real money purchases before they are made, and we recently implemented a daily spending limit for players under the age of 13. So you have all these tools that you can use, uh, and they say parents should use them. Uh, so we're good, guys. Trust us. The old status quo for in-game commerce and privacy has changed, and many developer practices should be reconsidered. I've never seen anything like this. The press release for them getting nailed to the wall on this stuff is them as Moses from the Mount telling other game developers how to operate. Remarkable, epic. You never cease to amaze. We share the underlying principles of fairness, transparency, and privacy that the FTC enforces, and the practices referenced in the FTC's complaints are not how Fortnite operates. We will continue to be upfront about what players can expect when making purchases, ensure cancellations and refunds are simple, and build safeguards that help keep our ecosystem safe and fun for audiences of all ages. Just amazing. Just amazing work, Epic. Just amazing. Crazy. Epic FTC settlement and moving beyond longstanding industry practices. We got nailed. We martyred ourselves, game developers, so that you may live. at a certain level, I respect it, right? You try to twist what just happened into, here's what developers need to know. Okay, all right, Epic. Our own counsel we will keep. Last thing I wanted to say on this from a kind of uh, technical and legal perspective uh, is that you may know or not know that the United States is currently going through compiling its defense spending and omnibus bills in Congress and what is happening at the political level we're not going to get into politics here, folks, but at, but at the level of passing laws uh, is that they're cramming all sorts of unrelated things into this bill uh, because basically it has to get passed. And this is unfortunately the way government does business. I'm not going to get into it more than that. Uh, but one of those things is what they call COPPA 2.0, which we're not going to get into the details here. Uh, you can check these. I've got the link to the tweet here. This is, this is a gentleman that works at a place called Tech Freedom that actually has 
a letter that's complaining about this implementation of COPPA 2.0, but, but suffice to say would extend it from 12 year olds up to, I think it's 16 year olds um, to actually have uh, teens covered by this. The problem there is that it would adopt a directed to t children or teens. And then things get very weird because you might not realize this folks, but 16 year olds tend to like a lot of things that adults like, and it winds up in this kind of precarious position for the internet about whether you need to age gate things uh, and whether you need to otherwise take control of normal websites, websites that we don't consider directed to children, ESPN, for instance, if you've got stats that show that most of your visitors are 16 and under, you know, what does that do to your online presence? And that's going to be a whole lot of stuff. Uh, and so uh, that is one of those areas where uh, just as a kind of practical matter, I'm not going to talk about the, the specifics of the bill or anything like that. I, I would certainly see a lot of these things that we could talk about in this space, COPPA 2.0, the news regulations for payments from platforms and search providers, a whole bunch of stuff that is being considered as part of this omnibus bill uh, that really, to me, to my eye, the, the proper function of government is not to just cram in stuff without debate uh, into a bill that needs to pass. Uh, in order to fund the, the government further. So just so that you are aware, that's happening behind the scenes. And I, I said, we're not going to go through the New York Times stuff too much. They mostly just regurgitate what the FTC has said. Uh, and then they add on a bunch of stuff about explaining Fortnite, uh, explaining you know, that the FTC is being very aggressive, heightened public concern over mental health, which doesn't really come up here. Crackdown is the latest indication that the agency is following through on pledges by Lena Khan. Sure regardless of whether they're truthfully stated or not. They mentioned Microsoft and Activision. You see here the reference to uh, the, the unfair default settings and privacy uh, and that we're cracking down on things that we looked at in the press release. They go over and they summarize uh, the rest of this stuff. Uh, and then they talk basically about privacy laws and online children's safety laws. They say in September, California passed one that's going to go into effect in 2024. You've got laws that are otherwise being looked at at the federal level. They want to increase COPA to cover 13 to 16. We just talked about that. They're trying to cram that into the omnibus bill. You've got defenses here. An entire generation of young people is being targeted, tracked, and traumatized as popular platforms rake in profits. Uh, you've got all these kinds of conversations on a policy basis. The, and New York Times uses this Fortnite article not to talk so much about Epic, but to kind of jump off and talk about that. FTC cases vonage, dark patterns, all of the rest of this. And they don't really even go into it as far as we did here uh, on this particular episode. So I just wanted to point that out. Uh, this is linked in the description. You can check this out uh, more considerably, but I wanted to actually go to the primary source material for this particular topic, the FTC stuff, the complaints, uh, more than the New York Times, because I don't think they added much uh, in this. And they went into a bunch of different directions too. I don't, I don't know. Do, do you need to fill out your word count in the New York Times? I, it doesn't strike me that you would, but maybe. Uh, and so you guys can check that out. But overall, I think this story is interesting, not the least of which because that epic press release is amazing. Uh, and I had no idea. I, I did not pre-read pre that, as you could probably tell from my reactions, which is basically how I do it when I'm researching for one of these videos. You can see me, see me laugh and otherwise engage with this stuff. Uh, but um, it is something I find fascinating. It's certainly something I find fascinating to see the FTC continuing to act so aggressively. Epic deciding to settle on at least some of the stuff that I think they could win makes sense uh, because they aren't going to win the vast majority of it. Epic then framing themselves as martyrs uh, and that the entire video game industry is out of order and that we're going to serve as a warning sign to the rest of you is perfectly epic.
Uh, and so what do you all think about this? Before I before I get out of here, before we go on our way for Tuesday, what do you think about this vis-a-vis Fortnite? We've talked about Fortnite now a couple of times. Thanks for killing those bots, mods. I appreciate it. Uh, and uh, what do you think about what the FTC is doing here? Is this necessary? Do they have to take the tools that they've gotten and try to figure it out while the legislature does basically nothing? Or are they going too far with some of this stuff? As I have said, they've gone too far with the Microsoft Activision deal. Uh, I'm I'm really curious. Uh, Ardo making jokes. My cousin gave birth to her first son a few years ago. He did not even cry, but just said Fortnite when his umbilical cord was cut. True story. Tim Sweeney and Epic would love that. Would absolutely love that. A lot of those kids, though, though could be playing on their parents' accounts. Imagine my surprise when Pothead1234 turned out to be an eight-year-old. Here's the thing. Agencies are an imprecise and often deleterious uh, generator of defense for kids when the parents aren't otherwise engaged, right? You cannot possibly protect everything possible uh, when uh, the, the kids are just operating uh, on their own accord within their house or apartment or where have you. So it, as that gets more draconian from the agency level, I start to get more worried uh, because you just can't step in in every instance. And that starts to hurt people that are just otherwise engaging with the product separately. Dorian Gray, I also can't stand how Tim Sweeney moralizes about games. We don't sell those weird games here. So self-aggrandizing. So I, I, I respect Tim Sweeney on a certain level because I think he is a, a kind of genius. And I think he's certainly a good business person. Uh, and he engages with me on social media without blocking me. And I always respect that. I, I think it's major kudos to me because I'm not the biggest fan of the way Epic has chosen to do business in the last couple of years. Uh, but yes, it's always this kind of superhero story or Shakespearean, uh, tragedy or Braveheart epic fighting the good fight, uh, from his multi-billion dollar company. Uh, and, uh, it, uh, it always comes across wrong in my opinion. Cyania, welcome to becoming a YouTube member here. I hope you enjoy it. I really appreciate the support for the channel. Uh, Radio Free Bavera stand college age is around 14 now, man. I'm getting old in my old age. For some kids, I guess. Apple by Ho got so angry his voice came back. I am going to have a coughing fit after this episode is over. I can tell you that. But I'm fighting it. Much like Epic Games, I'm fighting it for you. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, it's so funny because I'm so careful with my credit cards uh, and things like that. When we talk about Epic. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that will will start an account. If it says it has renewal, I will cancel it the same day so that I don't get accidentally charged. I, you know, that's me. I'm not going to say I'm the entire market. I'm not the only reasonable person. And there can be lesser protections that you can have and still be reasonable that maybe these agencies should look at. Uh, but yeah, for God's sakes, it's a credit card. Watch it, people. <laughs> uh, SBF is winning the cringe race, but Sweeney is in second. Is he in second? I don't know. There's a lot of cringe there. Uh, but yeah, he hasn't committed mass fraud, uh, I don't believe, even though the FTC says something something uh, otherwise there. Uh, Amun says, seems the FTC is moving closer to a European culture of regulation. It is interesting to see when the U.S. is very different culturally. Yeah, and you know when you settle, obviously the FTC wins. Um, and so Epic's agreed to pay this, FTC wins. And I think it's the right choice from Epic. I, I really think the FTC nailed them on some important stuff. They they preened in their press release about, well, you can't depend on that ESRB rating. And it's like no lawyer at Epic 
ever said to you that you could depend on that ESRB rating. There is no block on purchasing T14 games. You're selling toys at the target aimed from like eight to 10. Uh, and you know, you're not going to win this. You're not going to win this. Uh, but you could still preen, I guess that doesn't change. I do think there's going to continue to be friction because the FTC doesn't have direct powers over this stuff and they're just asserting them. Uh, and at some point somebody's going to say what? No, no. And other video game developers, despite what Epic said here about, you know, them being, them being the martyr and showing what's, uh, what, what, what other developers should be doing. Other developers somewhere are going to be upset that Epic just bent over for what the FTC elected to talk to them about, especially with respect to default settings and button placement and all this little stuff that you don't want regulators that are otherwise unadvised by legislation, by Congress, to be making these kinds of determinations and deciding what it is that you're allowed to do in your software. So Epic might think that they're doing somebody a solid. I don't actually think they believe any of this, uh, but there are gonna be other developers that are like, what are you doing Epic? Some of this stuff is ridiculous. Right. Lawyers across the video game industry had to read through some of this stuff yesterday to figure out what it was that Epic just got dinged for, whether or not their company is doing the same kinds of things, whether they need to change. Uh, and Epic certainly did not help uh, these other developers who have just increased their regulatory costs of trying to comply with something that is amorphous on its face and that Epic just settled. So uh, it's not a great day for video game UI or, or running these companies uh, that Epic decided to do this, even though they Epic wants to say that they are... Uh, they're leading the way. They're, they're, they're helping out the game industry. Uh, and uh, I think that there's going to be some, some some folks operating in gaming that are not uh, that are not going to agree with that particular description. Sardinisms, I think Sweeney was just more cringe in that one speech than the entire week of Twitter news. Man, Elon Musk does do some stuff. We are blessed with our subjects here at the Hoglaw YouTube channel, aren't we? Uh, Snoopykins, we used to have my ex's then 10-year-old little brother talk in voice chat while my ex would absolutely destroy everyone in Call of Duty. It was hilarious. We may have taught him some cursy words. LOL. <laughs> I can certainly see the attraction of making somebody think that they're getting absolutely destroyed by an eight-year-old uh, when that is, in fact, not the case. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, people are going to interact how they do. Um, all right, folks. I think that's probably it for the show. <laughs> Rated M for minors. Joshua says, I learned my lesson on spending money on freemium currency, digital goods back when I shoveled money into World of Tanks. Never trusted free-to-play games the same ever since. You shouldn't trust them. I'm not going to sit here and tell you you should trust free-to-play games. I'm going to say that Epic Games on the whole is not nearly as aggressive or fraudulent or uh, icky in terms of how it tries to get the money out of your pocket as some of the other games that I have seen. Uh, and so the FTC pretty clearly picked them because they have a lot of money. They're a massive success. And, you know, that's that's part of what we talk about with respect to legal systems. Uh, and so, yes, it's, the truth is the regulatory agency chose somebody that they could put a high number on for their press release uh, rather than some of the more egregious violators of things like privacy or dark patterns or, or stuff of that nature. Uh, Papa Rick says that was like when Halo was an M-rated game, but they sold toys to children. I, I mean, here's the deal. I've said this about Fortnite. I got complaints about what Fortnite does. I, they have, you know, Rick and Morty characters, which I think is pretty inappropriate for what their game audience is. And I'm, you know, I'm alone on this stuff. Other people love that. Uh, but I don't, I don't like that kind of thing. Um, and so, yeah, Fortnite tries to straddle this line, but there is no question that they have directed 
their efforts towards kids. Is it solely to kids? No, but kids are targeted as part of their efforts to make this game. Uh, and that's going to lose you that fight every time, every time. Amazing Meta says, I have said it that you have to put in a password every time you use my credit card for anything. My little niece buying $200 worth of fake money on Farmville over a decade ago taught me that. It is funny how often the, the there is that that learning moment, right? We're like, uh, how did you did you buy six singing cats in this iPad game? How? Let's talk about this. Let's talk about what a credit card is and does. Uh, and certainly for the really young kids, there is a absolute innocence. They don't even realize that that's buying something separately, and that's okay. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's an issue. Zevran says the term dark patterns could end up being a non-specific nightmare. Oh, I think it already is. As for Epic statement, agreed it is vintage Epic. Vintage. But some monetization practices do need to change across the industry. I'm not gonna I, I'm not gonna object to that statement, Zevran. Um, I think that there are a bunch of things that could be done better. And I think there are a bunch of things that I would hope that a regulatory agency could use um, legitimate legal precedents to go and say, this goes too far, that this isn't a dark pattern, this is fraud. You are deceiving, you are deceptive. The FTC has total authority to prevent deceptive acts. Dark patterns, what the FTC describes is kind of like, you got a lot of complaints and these buttons are pretty close and all this stuff. It's not really arriving at the level of where they're even willing to say it's fraud or anything like that. And that is a broadening of their authority past where I think at least some of their statutory ambit can actually allow. Uh, so, look, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little bit skittish about the FTC having seen them operate in the land of mergers and acquisitions for the last year. So I'm looking at it with that jaundiced eye. And somebody else could give them the benefit of the doubt, and they will have a, a reasonable take on this as well. Uh, I do think that a lot of these companies go too far with some of their stuff. Epic is really not that high on my list uh, for this. And so that you know raised the eyebrow initially. Their press release is what it is. Uh, but I do think that there is room for good policing uh, from these regulatory bodies and from these agencies. I'm not sure this was that, outside of the obvious COPPA stuff. Uh, and and potentially things like uh, the, uh, the the not responding or refunding for people that are telling them they weren't authorized. I think you need a better system uh, for that. But but I'm just I'm entirely wary of Lena Khan's FTC. I'm not, I'm going to just admit that sitting here. That is that is my tilt. You can assume that is my tilt for all future references to Microsoft Times Activision. I think they are doing stuff that is outside the ambit of the laws. Uh, and I'm going to think that for a while. <laughs> uh, RJH, Epic always makes it so difficult to be on their side with how self-righteous they are. <laughs> They're, it's awful. Their press release is awful. I don't want to be on their side from that press release. Uh, and I'm not. I, I think FTC nailed them in a, in a couple of important ways. But my God in heaven, they do make it hard, don't they, RJH? Uh, Todd says FTC should have done something, but believe they went too far. Yeah, I think in places. I think places. Snoopykins gives the final alert here on Hangouts and Headlines. Don't forget to like and subscribe, y'all. If you are 500 of you this morning, please do like if you like this content on the way out. Really appreciate it. YouTube really appreciates it. Tomorrow is weekend Wednesday, which of course means that I'll only be streaming for three or five hours uh, tomorrow. Uh, but there won't be a Hangouts and Headlines. What there will be is one of my favorite shows of the year, uh, which is that my brother Tom, for two hogs are better than one, is back for his yearly appearance now. 
of talking about some of our favorite video games of the year. Uh, and we'll be doing that at 7 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. So just about half a day past when we do a Hangouts and Headlines. So you'll see me in the evening on the Eastern Time Zone tomorrow. And we'll be chatting about everything uh, in video game land. So if you've got your favorite video games, come on in, drop your comments. If you want to make fun of my brother's beard, you can do that. That's always a good time. Uh, and if you want to tell me where we're being stupid, that's also uh, approved as well. Ian Runkle, as you know, both last night and just in general, every day, tells me how silly I am for enjoying immortality. But enjoy it, I do. And we'll be talking about it tomorrow. So if you're interested in that, check it out. I may have to rest my voice. I really do want to do a virtual legality uh, on Microsoft Times Activision. I may have to rest my voice based on how I'm feeling right now. I have a bunch of client stuff and law stuff to do today as well. But uh, I'm so glad that we got to do this Hangouts and Headlines. I'm glad that we got to talk through a little bit more Fortnite stuff to read Epic's press release, really the cherry on top of the whole day. And I wish you a fantastic Tuesday. Have a great one. And I will see you the next time I see you on the Hoglaw YouTube channel.